1: Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today's conversation is with Ashley, the creator of the awesome blog Motherhood to Beautiful. Now, Ashley herself is a mom of three and a doula. So she's in the realm of birth work. And she realized, you know, sometime into motherhood that it can be a very isolating experience. And there are a lot of topics around motherhood that we're afraid to talk about. So to quote the website, Ashley said to herself, what if I were to create a blog where all women and mothers could come together to share their stories on the taboo subjects of motherhood, a place that could be easily accessible to posts covering all of the topics that we are often afraid to talk about. A place where others who are going through those same feelings can come to know that they are not alone. I want to normalize all of these subjects, and I want for us to be able to speak up about them in a safe and judgment-free environment. And so, Motherhood to Beautiful was born, and we talk with Ashley about some of those topics, particularly home birth, because that makes sense for us, right? Right and it's just a really cool conversation. She's such a rad chick. I'm so happy to have connected with her and to have her on the show. So enjoy. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh. Uh,
2: yeah, we're super excited to yes, have you here and absolutely. we're just very appreciative and this is going to be a, a cool conversation. We're pumped about it.
1: I'm excited to work with you guys. So, Ashley, you have a lot to bring to this table. Um, we, We connected via Instagram, you know, social media a few months ago. And, you know, you had been in my sphere and I had been following you. And then I see this new account pop up that you were kind of leading and I look on a website and I'm like, dang, this is cool. Like we need to talk. (laughs) Um, So I want you to talk about that. But I mean, aside from, from what you've got going on and what you're creating, you are a mom of three. You're a doula. I mean, you, you have a few things going on. You're juggling a couple of balls. (laughs) I, yeah, I am. (laughs) Um,
3: Yeah. So I, Live in Virginia. I've lived here my whole life. Um, I went to school for fashion design, which I think is funny whenever I tell like my doula clients are like, how'd you get here? I was like, well, I went for fashion design, which is not this. Um, <laughs> but somewhere, somewhere along the road, I, I got pregnant my junior year with my first child. And so kind of, um, things started shifting from like, becoming the next Betsy Johnson high fashion, New York. And then all of a sudden I was like designing baby clothes and (laughs) (laughs) opening a baby boutique was like my new goal. And everything sort of just shifted from being about me to starting to be about her. And then, you know, we moved back home after I finished school and I kind of just took a break from everything and wanted to reevaluate my life. And in that time, relied heavily on social media and Instagram and and making those relationships because I think that we can all kind of agree that motherhood and parenthood is a little bit isolating at times. Sure. So I built up communities within that and and I started following accounts about birth and reading birth stories and that was like a huge part of like what I did all the time. (laughs) And then um, after having kind of a rough birth with my last baby, I was like, sorry, <laughs> she's nursing right now. <laughs> oh, <nurses>. that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I had a little bit of a rough birth with her um, towards the end of it, and I left that experience kind of being like, I never ever want anyone to ever have to feel unsupported in, in their birth. And I had a friend who had just recently become a doula, and I was like, hey, how do you do that? Like doula for dummies me, point me to the right direction. (laughs) How do I become a doula? Um, and she did. And I kind of like the dominoes fell in place. There was a training in my area. And I, when I was there, my agency owners had just opened their agency that week and they were also at the training and they were like, you want to come join us? And it was like, kind of perfect. Um, it was funny though, because I was afraid to tell people that I was becoming a doula because i didn't want everyone else to be like that's a career path you can do and then everybody become a doula
1: yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's funny
3: (laughs) because um it turns out that not everyone is like as obsessed with birth and babies as i am (laughs) yeah weird
1: right (laughs)
3: not not everybody reads birth stories in their free time (laughs) so (laughs) not uh That concern didn't actually turn out to be anything, but it was just funny because it's like, don't take my job away from me. Yeah, everyone's (laughs) going to catch on. You can't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, so, oh, yeah, um, I'm married. I have three kids. We're kind of just hanging out here, and then I started to become a doula, and it's been really great. I've been doing it for a little over a year. It's worked out really well. Um, I was worried about, like, the scheduling and everything. But, you know, we're making it. We're managing. Mm. Uh, and then within my my work, we have a... After every birth, we visit our clients postpartum one time included in our package. Okay. And I had noticed, like, I had three visits in one week. And every single visit, each mom broke down crying for some reason or another. Wow. Mm, wow. And it was... It was, like random stuff, you know, not necessarily like postpartum depression or baby blues or anything like that. But it was like, I had one client who had preeclampsia. And so she had to be induced early and she had a premature baby. And, and so for her, her breaking down crying was, she felt like she was still supposed to be pregnant right then. And she felt like she was robbed of the last month of her pregnancy. And then I had another client who was, you know, upset about nursing and how difficult that can be and the pressures of, you know, if it's not working out and am I feeding my baby enough? And my immediate instinct was to go home and to find a blog post or something that somebody wrote of them going through the same thing and Mm. sending it to them. Because I think, I think that finding that connection and being like, wow, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person that feels like this. And it's, it's normal. Um,
0: I think that's like a huge comfort. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Yeah. And so I was sitting in my car after one of those appointments, and I was like,
3: all right, I got to go home. I got to find a blog post. It's such a specific thing, and do you think I'm going to find one? And I was like, God, why couldn't there just be, like, one place where everybody has, like, blog posts about hard things in motherhood and then like people can just come there and find whatever topic they need and then I was like oh wait I could do that right. <laughs> I can make <meet> that place <laughs> and that was like in the car after one of my postpartums was like my epiphany and like that's how it kind of came to be
1: <laughs> wow
2: have we said the name? No, the I've, I've, I okay. haven't said anything yet. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, have we mentioned the name
1: Motherhood to Beautiful. Motherhood to Beautiful.
2: That's awesome. We love it.
1: <laughs>
3: Thank you. I know, I um, played around with that too for a while, and I was like, that was my um, my mock name because it's kind of silly, and, I was, and then it kind of just grew
1: on me. And I was like, no, I'm keeping it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, let's take a quick break right now, just real quick. And then when we come back, I want to hear about what went into the creation of that and then where it's gone from here. So we'll be right back. Okay. So Motherhood to Beautiful, you said it was kind of a mock name um, in the beginning, but what went into, like, you know, it's so, you always wonder, like, how, how names came to be or like what, what the inspiration for it was, like, where did it come from? (laughs) I guess um, I'm really big on like
3: playing with words right. and <laughs> things like that. So I wanted to specifically talk about all of the taboo subjects
0: in mm-hmm. motherhood,
3: which are so many. Um, I think that, you know, there's the standard postpartum depression and anxiety that I think a lot of people think of. But beyond that, there are just so many. Um, one of the things that I try not to do, but I still always do is like read the comments section (laughs) and I know like (laughs) and there's so much judgment coming from everyone no matter what the topic is and and I hate that for for everybody like we shouldn't be judging women on on these things so I think that by having women share their stories and becoming vulnerable, it can help other people see like, okay, I'm judging you, but I didn't see the whole picture. And now I kind of get it and I shouldn't be judging you. Um, so motherhood, obviously it was a motherhood blog. And, and even though it's taboo and, and it's hard and difficult to talk about, it's still beautiful in its own way. And
1: that's, yeah, that's how it came. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. And like you said, that vulnerability is key for for some of that, that healing to take place. So um, if a few are willing to put themselves out there, share their stories, you know, for all those women that you visit in, in postpartum appointments, it's like that's who they can reach. Um, and, and all across the country, all across the world, I mean, it's, it's that connection it's that removal from that isolating place that you can sometimes get into and it's that that me too moment I think we're all really craving that especially first mom first time moms or whatever you know you're looking for that like ah, yes okay yeah like this is normal like I'm not crazy I'm not insane (laughs) yeah
3: okay and I'm gonna be okay and I've even had people write. oh sorry
2: no no go ahead go ahead
3: I've had people write their stories and and tell me that that was therapeutic for them so not only is it for the people That's that cool. are reading it and searching I for bet. that um, yeah. that camaraderie but it's like also like a healing process for the people that are going through those things right now or revisiting their story and kind of like getting it out there
2: so uh, hearing you you know hearing you share the the genesis of motherhood to beautiful and um, just having been a part of this podcast and you know, everything for the past, I don't know, year, almost year, I have a question for both of you. And it has to do with, you know, why do you feel there is so much judgment out there from one mom to another? Or why do you feel that, you know, these topics are taboo within the mom community? And I, I know it's a it's a big question, but I mean, I I see it. Frequently, I have to imagine the two of you see this and experience it all the time. And I'm just curious, where where do you guys think this comes from?
1: So you're just to make be clear, you want to know why the judgment, and then why why some of the taboo, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm wondering like motherhood and those those experiences that are shared by mothers. You know, they really are shared by almost all moms. It's one of those things that you know you can relate. But at the same time, you, you know, Sarah, we experienced this on, on Instagram, you know, you post a picture of something and then you might have a bunch of great comments, but then there are those just venomous comments coming from other women, other moms. And you're like, why are you, you know, we we might, this might, turned PG-13 but like why are you shitting on other moms (laughs) like what is going on where's the the support where is the you know girl I know where you're coming from I've been there too I've I've struggled with this or I've I've experienced that firsthand you know we do see that stuff but I mean there's almost as much judgment and and just just aggression coming as well and I'm just curious you know do you guys, ex- what what have you experienced, or more so, why? Why do you feel um, that that is is present?
3: Do you want to go first? I was or just or Ashley, about...
1: my love, would you like... <laughs> <laughs>
3: you I, um, I will defer that's a to really our guest. Hard question. <laughs> it's a really hard question, and I don't think that I have all the answers. I can only assume with anything beyond just this specific topic, like hiding behind a computer for people um and saying those comments is a lot easier than you would like would you ever say that to somebody's face um so there's like amazing amazing awesome things that social media and the internet has provided for us but it's also provided that like safe space for people to make those comments I think a lot of them a lot of the time are people intentionally trying to stir up things you know like do they actually feel that way? Who really knows? They maybe just want to be mean to just hurt somebody's feelings for no reason, you know, Um, which sucks, but (laughs) that's just how some people work. (laughs) Um, And then I also think a lot of it or some part of it has to do with not jealousy, but you know, like making yourself feel better. Mm. Like you seeing somebody else, being going through something or living this certain way, and your mechanism to like protect yeah. yourself is to bring them down so that you feel better about not breastfeeding or not making organic baby food yeah. or whatever. <laughs>
2: you know? Yeah, that that resonates, and I'm curious what you have to say as well.
1: Sarah. Yeah, I think along that lines. I- I think jealousy can be a part of it, and I think it's the own internal judgments that uh, people or or women, if we're speaking about women in this case, are having trouble with processing for themselves and healing themselves. Like they're not letting themselves off the hook about certain things. So I'm certainly not going to let Susie social media off the hook when I see her doing whatever she's doing. So I I can't I can't resolve some of the things within myself. So I, I think a lot of it is projection and um and judgment of self that you you feel like you are not doing a great enough job so let me just find someone else who's doing even less than i am so i can feel <laughs> better kind of to what you were saying actually kind of feel better about themselves um i think that's part of it and i don't think i wanna believe for the most part that it's not as overt Like, that's not like what they're leading with. I think it's like under some layers. And that's just like what kind of what you said, the mechanism, like that's just how it's, it's coming out. Like I don't want to believe that really right. someone is like seeking for someone else, you know, to use your term, Matthew, to shit on. I don't think that's the goal. But I think when things pop up and you don't know how to deal with it yourself and just resolve it within yourself and like be cool with what someone else is doing, then it just comes out. Like it just kind of like, bleep, like vomits and, you know, there isn't that – there isn't that space, that pause, whether they don't have their own support system set up or they haven't – like I said – gotten clear and okay with some of the things that have gone on in their own motherhood journey or birth journey um, to just accept it and be at peace with it. So yeah, I think it's just we're so judgmental of ourselves that it just inevitably spills over into how we deal with other people. (laughs) Right. I agree.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely it it was a big loaded question that I asked both of you. But Ashley, when you talked about um, you know, maybe you come across like a taboo, uh, topic in a blog article and then the real show is in the comments, you know, it's where, that's where yeah. you just start seeing all this stuff come up. And that to me does blow my mind. It still does. Uh, I, I have a psychology background and so I just, I, I want to understand why, you know, like I want to, f- I want to really dig into the right. why people do what they do. Um, but I, I do think for, for those listening, um, whether you're on either side, you know, whether you're on the side of, of really feeling hurt when you read or receive comments, um, you know, that, that are coming from a judgmental or less than loving place, um, or whether you're on the other side and at times you feel like you want to, you know, communicate or express yourself in those ways. I just think us having a conversation about it and just trying to, you know, talking about it and, and maybe exploring the whys a little bit um, can help everyone on all sides. And it absolutely helps with my personal curiosity.
3: Yeah, I know. I agree. And I think talking about anything is like one of the best ways to, even if you are talking to somebody and you don't agree with them, just opening up and seeing their
1: perspective helps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So Ashley, have you experienced, you know, because on your, on your uh, website, you might be touching on subjects that are are sensitive for people. Have you experienced those sort of uh, comment to conversations slash arguments back and forth? Or have you received uh, less than loving comments about the topics that you talk about?
3: Um, for the most part, I've been super lucky. I think I don't have that big of a following yet. And I know that hopefully with time, it'll grow. And um, And when that time comes, I fully expect more of those comments to be present. But Maybe it's because the stories that I'm sharing are so raw and real and vulnerable that people feel the need to um, take other women down for them. Um, Yeah. I mean, I talk a lot about miscarriage and topic pregnancies and and how shitty of a person would you be to (laughs) come and comment and and say something negative to somebody who's dealing with the loss of a child. Yeah, that's very true. um, maybe it's the topics that I'm covering that people feel less inclined to. I have, I think there was one post somewhere along the line where a couple of people jumped in and didn't agree with. And I think that when you come across the breastfeeding posts a lot, that's, that's a huge controversial subject um, that people don't mind throwing their two cents in. But for the most part, yeah, I've been pretty lucky with having really supportive followers and commenters
0: Yeah,
1: that, and to, to touch on the t- taboo thing for a second, because um, I know we talked about like the um, the judging, but I I think a lot of things are labeled as taboo, or we we shy away from them, the topics or the conversations, whatever. I think people are just scared. Honestly, I think people are really scared, and especially as it relates to anything like pregnancy, birth, and then mothering. I think those are all things that in our culture and over past couple hundreds of years don't get – I want to be very careful with my words, but they don't get <laughs> ample attention, financial resources, emotional resources. I think they're things that, like, are inevitable and they happen and, like, they keep the world going round. And yet I don't think we've really, like – um broken the surface of like how to really address all the things that happen in those circumstances like postpartum depression or like breastfeeding struggles or I don't know like I think things like nipples scare people it's like will use boobs to sell everything from cars to burgers. But like you see a nipple serving its actual anatomical purpose and you don't know what to do with yourself. I think it's I think it just scares the shit out of people. And so then it's just like, okay, we're just not going to deal with that then. And therein lies the taboo. And then when people want to talk about those things, it's offensive and it's like disruptive. So I think to touch on that for a second, I think that's why some of the things are the way that they are. I
3: completely agree. And I think that also like pregnancy and everything to do with creating a human has to do with the human body. And a lot of people get uncomfortable when anything sure. about oh, the human yeah. body comes up. <laughs> um, also touching on that a little bit, I like have said this a lot recently, and I recently wrote a post too, about how society as a whole downplays birth and pregnancy. And um, it could be a lot to do with what you're saying. They're just scared of it or they just you know, shy away from it. And, and it's come to the point where it's like, somebody says we're having a baby. And then you say, well, that's great. Amazing. Everybody has a baby every day. It's not that cool, but it's like, (laughs) but I don't, I don't have a baby every day. And it kind of is amazing. And I'm literally growing a human body inside of me, like a heart and lungs and a brain. And that's kind of cool. And not only is it cool, but it's also like, really hard on my body. And then I have to somehow get this new life outside of me. And that's not easy. Sure. Birth happens every day. And I think that people downplay that too, but like, that's hard. Like you have to recover from that. And, and the fact that we don't have proper postpartum care and, you know, you leave a hospital two days after you had your baby and they're like, Hey, you're fine. Bye. (laughs) Come back in six weeks. And then you come back in six weeks and that's it. Like you don't, you don't ever come back after that until a year or whatever. And, and so it's like the medical field, but also just people in general are downplaying how much actually goes into creating another life that Mm.
1: things are getting overlooked and brushed off. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious, kind of switching gears for a second, but still on the taboo lane, you know, we're a podcast about home birth primarily. I mean, obviously, informed, empowered birth choice is what we're all about. And then we just happen to be sharing a lot of home birth stories because that's what we were feeling a lack of when we went through our journey. In in your experience and your creation of this community, why do you think, I mean, we just talked about birth itself being what it is. Why do you think home birth is even kind of like can up the ante sometimes as far as the taboo aspect or the like fear? Um,
3: I think again, there's, there's a lot of those people playing on their feelings of maybe they didn't have the ideal birth that they wanted Mm -hmm. and home birth sounds cool to them. And, and they may have wanted that, but they didn't get that option or they weren't, you know, it's, and then, then, then you throw out like the, the blame of the parent. Like, why would you ever have a baby at home when God forbid something were to happen and you're far away from the hospital? Like you're just putting your kid at risk and, and there's those stories. And it's like, well, (laughs) in reality, like you're, you're monitored really closely and you you're preparing for, it's not just like you just one day decide, I'm just going to have a baby right here on my carpet. Like <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. prepared, you're prepared medically and you have a team around you and you have backup plans and you've hired somebody who knows what they're doing medically to take care of you and your baby should something take that turn. But I don't think that they do enough research into it to realize that the the outcomes of home births are actually, like, really positive, Um, you know, like, the Mm C-section rate of a home birth is so much lower, and the recovery rate is so much higher, Um, and I just think that they see you having a baby at home far away from immediate medical attention
1: and and blaming you for maybe
3: making it all about you instead of your baby.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's one that Gets thrown around there yeah. often. Yeah, I, I get that. Have you have you doulaed for any home births? I have not. I would love to. Oh, and if cool. I ever have a baby again, I would love a home birth.
3: But you know, <laughs> we're not <laughs> we're not touching on that right now. Okay, okay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> not today, not today.
3: Um, I would love to do a home birth. I know. Um, most midwives, especially in this area, have helpers and their own teams. So the need for a doula and a home birth in around here isn't quite as high. Um, but someday, hopefully,
2: <laughs> that'd be very cool.
1: Yes, I support that fully.
2: Well, Ashley, as we sort of come towards the end of this conversation, um, I want to give you an opportunity to just talk to our listeners and, um, you know, sort of share your message and, uh, really just let them know about your, you know, your website and, and what you're doing and, you know, why everybody should, should jump over and take a look and take part in the beautiful stories that you're telling.
3: Okay. Um, I mean, like I've said a few times already, the whole purpose of this creating this website and collecting these stories and having them all in one spot was for solidarity because I think that that is one of the most effective healing tools, um, knowing that you're not alone, what you're going through, whatever it may be. And, and so I wanted to create a safe space for people to come tell these stories and reach out. Um, and like I said, whether, telling the story is helpful for you it can be also therapeutic for you and and to the people that are reading it and i want it to be non-judgmental which is huge like as a doula i'm non-judgmental i don't care how you birth your baby um i just want you to have a positive experience right. and i feel like that i brought that kind of into this space i don't care what your story says um whenever i email somebody who wants to share the, my, my only rule if that's what you want to call it is to is, I say it doesn't matter how long or shorter it is or what you say or how you say it just make sure that you're telling your true story um, mm-hmm. and I think that's super important I don't care what words you use or if, if it's like goes against what other people might be thinking because your feelings are true to you and I don't want to ever edit those you know I think that's a huge part of and a really important piece of it. Um, So, yeah, I just I want to make it a safe place for people because I know how scary and, again, isolating motherhood can be. And if I can support or encourage or comfort even one person through telling these stories, then I feel like I'm doing something that I'm supposed to be doing.
1: That's awesome. I think you are doing it. And I think through through the community you're creating, but then also how you're taking the helm of it and how you're leading it, I think you're being an example of that. So not only are you facilitating all of these stories, but along the way you string your experiences and your sharing on both your social media accounts, which we will include links to everything, by the way, to the website, to Instagram accounts, all of that for you. So you can check out diahpodcast.com for that. But all of it, like, you, you're that example of raw, real, and vulnerable and, like, not holding back. I mean, some of the stuff you share is, like, not the sunshine and rainbow stuff. And that's important. And um, you're just – you're keeping it 100, which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
2: I've got a couple more questions for you. Um, my first question is how do you find the, the moms um, who you invite on your website to share their stories? How do you get connected with them?
3: Um, social media is huge. I like search, you know, I follow a bunch of really popular accounts like birth without fear and take back postpartum, stop censoring motherhood. And so all of those accounts are always sharing stories too. So I usually like, I find a really great story and I reach out to them via like Instagram or email if it's available and I ask if they want to share their story. And so many people are really willing to, sometimes people aren't, and that's fine too. Um, but I usually leave it open-ended, like hopefully this place will be around for a really long time, so if you ever feel like you're ready to share, like go ahead and contact me. Um, I've also just throughout the years collected a bunch of friends that I have that have their own story. I'm pretty sure that every single mother out there has a story that they could tell, so um, just reaching out to them and seeing, hey, do you have anything that you might want to share? And I've gotten so, so many great stories already, and I just, haven't even like cracked the surface which is amazing yeah. and and I know that there's so much more out there I also you know occasionally will post a picture saying I'm welcoming any submissions if anyone wants to send them and a lot of people do randomly reach out to me which is great too for them to feel comfortable doing that
2: cool so if, if any of our listeners are interested in reaching out uh, what would be the best way to do that
3: Yes, email me. Um, it's motherhood to beautiful at gmail.com. Send me an email, and I would love to share their stories.
2: Awesome. And then my final question for you is, you know, where would you like to take this website?
3: I I want it to be more than just, I'm sorry, getting another call. Is it beeping over there? No. Okay. Um, Sorry. No, no. So I want I want it to um, expand just beyond the sharing of stories. Like ideally, in the future, I would love to hold conferences for women to come together and tell their stories in person. um, To get speakers to talk about things like postpartum depression. Um, I my next step is I want to create a T-shirt. I've already got the layout for it, but, um, it's just a simple t-shirt and I would like for, you know, the profits every month to go to a different charity, um, helping towards whatever it may be and little things like that. But I hope eventually it will become a global brand and, and people will start using it as a resource. That's what I really want it to be. I want it to be that place where, No matter what you're going through, you go to this one spot, like the the picture that I had in my head after that appointment, you go to that one spot, you search in the search bar, like, breastfeeding aversion, and then, boom, all of these stories. And then you're like, oh, wow,
1: so this is normal, and I'm not alone.
2: Mm, We love that.
1: It's out there. So now it's just got to... Come in, come into fruition, come into manifestation. Right. So. And um, sign me up for a T-shirt, please, because before you even said it, I was like, she needs to make shirts because your logo <laughs> is dope and your your the style is just so clean and like I love it. So I will definitely rock one of those shirts. I'm working on it.
0: I'll keep you posted. Cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Sarah and I will be holding the space for you and and for your brand to grow. And you know, we we're here in, in support. And in love with what you do. So thank you so much, Ashley, for everything that you're doing.
3: Thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate it. This support is, it it, it is everything. It's not going to get anywhere without people actually caring about it. So I really appreciate it. We appreciate you.
0: (laughs) Anatomy of an ad.